chromosome. Y'all can talk about all these viruses, and that's good, but you can't forget the main one. It's plaguing us, bro. It's time now for the People's War Radio Show, where we do talk about the main virus. And that is colonialism. Here on the People's War Radio Show, we talk with healthcare workers, activists, revolutionaries, authors, teachers, and regular people from the African community. We aim to bring you an African internationalist analysis on all things important to winning our freedom from colonialism. The root of all our problems. must die is the poem that makes me a poet among colored Americans. If we must die, let it not be like hogs hunted and penned in an inglorious spot, while round us bark the mad and hungry dogs, making their mock at our accursed lot. If we must die, oh, let us nobly die, so that our precious blood may not be shed in vain. Then even the monsters we defy shall be constrained to honor us, though dead. O kinsmen, we must meet the common foe. Though far outnumbered, let us show us brave, and for their thousand blows deal one death blow. What though before us lies the open grave? Like men, we'll face the murderous, cowardly pack Rest to the wall, dying but fighting back. That was African revolutionary poet Claude McKay and his reading of his 1919 poem, If We Must Die. Uhuru, and welcome to the People's War Radio Show. I'm Dr. Matsumela Odom. And I'm Dexter M. Lemwingu. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and freedom is on our minds 24-7. In this episode, we're going to showcase several African poets and talk about the role of poetry and culture in the African anti-colonial struggle. A couple years ago, I remember my co-host Dexter doing a presentation on revolutionary culture in which he stated that he had once asked Chairman O'Malley Ashtetela to give a definition of revolutionary culture. Do you remember that, Dex? <laughs> yeah, 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 I definitely do. I remember I was uh, having a conversation with uh, with Key and Gozi, who we need to have on the show one day. We were talking about this, and uh, Chairman came in, and we asked him to uh, define revolutionary culture for us. And, you know, I was expecting this whole long, you know, uh, drawn-out, elaborate answer. But um, instead, I got what might have been the best, most, you know, straight to the point, and most African internationalist answer possible. You know, making a plane, 
Chandler said that revolutionary culture is culture that promotes a revolution. Plain and simple. And that's that's precisely what we're going to be talking about today. More specifically, let's take a look at the power of the spoken word, poetry. We know that the spoken word is powerful. I mean, if not, colonizers would not have stripped Africans of their names, their language, their traditions, and their songs. The anti-colonial writer from Martinique, Aimé Césaire, wrote extensively on the power of poetry, the spoken word, and culture. In the important essay, Poetry and Knowledge, Césaire argued that poetry was an anti-colonial tool because it challenged the conventions of colonial society and allowed the oppressed to imagine new worlds that they wanted to create. Césaire wrote, Poetic knowledge is born in the great silence of scientific knowledge. What presides over the poem is not the most lucid intelligence, the sharpest sensibility, or the subtlest feelings, but experience as a whole, or as we call it, the genius of the African working class. Similarly, in the essay, Poetry is Not a Luxury, Audre Lorde wrote, Poetry is not a luxury. It is a vital necessity of our existence. It forms the quality of the light within which we predicate our hope and dreams toward survival and change, first made into language, then into idea, then into tangible action. Poetry is the way we can help give name to the nameless so it can be thought. It is in this sense that the poem ceases to be simply baseless form of expression, but instead becomes a tool of anti-colonial resistance. Poetry, the spoken word, is most closely associated with the Black Power Movement, but the truth is, there's not been a time in the struggle for African liberation that we have not seen the power of spoken word, poetry, and music as anti-colonial cultural influences. We can think to the role that culture played as a medium in the Haitian Revolution, the role of poetry, literature, and culture in the anti-slavery movement in North America, as well as the work of writers like Claude McKay, whose If We Must Die became a rallying cry to armed self-defense throughout the African world in the late 1910s. The Black Power Movement gave us some of the most memorable poets and African culture workers. Gil Scott Heron, The Last Poets, The Watts Prophets, Sonia Sanchez, Tony K. Bambara, and many others. Anti-colonial revolutionary organizers took control of the historical narrative, transferred African people from objects of history to subjects of history, and credited them theater troops, poetry collectives, and even studio albums. Clearly, the most famous of Black Power poems was Gil Scott Heron's The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, produced in 1971. The revolution will not be televised, drew a clear line between black power on one side and white colonial domination, as well as black sellouts on the other side. But one poem that I really love by Gil Scott Heron is Whitey's on the Moon. Pinned a response to the moon landing, Gil Scott Heron showed that the scientific discovery, wealth, and military dominance of the U.S. settler colonial state was built on the theft of African resources and labor. Let's take a listen. We have a poem here. It's called Whitey on the Moon. <laughs> and uh, 
it was inspired. It was inspired by some whiteies on the moon. <laughs> so I want to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> All right. That's it. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night cause Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me cause Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the moon. That was Gil Scott Heron's Whitey's on the moon. In this poem, Gil Scott Heron specifically identified the genocidal conditions that Africans faced in urban North America. He continues this theme in another important poem of his, No Knock. A No Knock warrant allows cops to enter a property without immediate notice. In style and in content, Whitey's on the Moon and No Knock are important precursors to rap music and hip hop culture. In fact, if you pay specific attention to the drums used in his poems, you can notice a similar percussion is used in many of the early popular hip-hop songs. As well as the percussion, similar storylines also exist in early tracks, such as Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang and The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Let's take a listen. Um, we want to do a poem for one of our unfavorite people, um, who's now the head of the uh, Nixon campaign. He was formerly the attorney general named John Mitchell. Um, Nixon's campaign seems to be out, you know, getting off on a rather hip foot after his trip to China in the name of peace, uh, while they were killing people right across the street, so to speak, in uh, North and South Vietnam. But um, No Knock, the law in particular, was allegedly um, legislated for black people rather than, you know, for their destruction. And it means simply that authorities and members of uh, the police force no longer have to knock on your door before entering. They can now knock your door down. It's no knock. You explained it to me, I must admit, but just for the record, you were talking sh Long rap about no knock being legislated for the people you've always hated in this hellhole that you we call home. No knock, 
the man will say to keep that man from beating his wife. No knock, the man will say, to protect people from themselves. No knocking head, rocking, into shocking, shooting, cussing, killing, crying, lying, and being white. No knock. No knock on my brother Fred Hampton, bullet holes all over the place. No knock on my brother Michael Harrison, jammed a shotgun against his skull. For my protection, who's gonna protect me from you? The likes of you, the nerve of you, to talk that Face to face, your tomato face, deadpan, your deadpan, deadening another freedom plan. No knocking, head rocking, into shocking, shooting, cussing, killing, crying, lying, and being white. But if you're wise, no knocker, you'll tell your no knocking lackeys, ha, no knock on my brother's heads, no knock on my sister's heads, no knock on my brother's heads, no knock on my sister's heads, and double lock your door, because soon someone may be no knocking. For you, no knock, to be slipped into John Mitchell's suggestion box. That was No Knock by Gil Scott Heron. You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we're discussing the role of poetry in the African Revolution. This brings us to today. Today we'll be speaking with revolutionary cultural workers, including Fofid Al-Kabilan. Fofid is the economic development coordinator and organizer with the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement in St. Louis. As part of her organizing efforts, Fofid organizes the Musa Abantu Poetry Nights for the International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement. Fofid is joined today by Valerie V. Queen Young, Janelle Owens from Jamaica, and Jijua from North Carolina. Now, Fofi, Uhuru, welcome on the show. You have a long history in poetry. Can you let us know how and why you got involved in poetry? Uhuru, Karen Rossamella. Yes, I do. I, um, after I graduated from nursing school, I found that I had a lot of idle time. And somebody told me, since I like to write, to uh, write a book. It took too long to write a book, so I said, no, it takes too long. They said, try writing poetry. And about a week later, I wrote my first poem, and I was uh, addicted from that point. That's what's up. That's what's up. Fofi got bars, everybody. So, Fofi, why don't you go in and spit a piece for us? Uhuru, that'd be great. It's called uh, Tired of Being Tired by Fofi. Okay. Fanny Lou Hamer said, she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. We are sick and tired of freaking colonialism, stealing our history, neo-colonial puppets, high taxes, poor housing, poor education, plundering our resources, senseless murders, lying politicians, freaking police presence, targeting our families, destroying our communities, raping mother, mother Africa, tarnishing our relationships, no doggone jobs, soiling our dignity, stealing our language, claiming our music, 600 years of this, no freaking healthcare, colonial boots on our neck. Now we got a colonial virus, come on. Gil Scott Heron said the revolution will not be televised. We know the revolution is live and lit. 
there are these are revolutionary times need revolutionary solution because black is back black is back black is back we are tired of being sick and freaking tired of colonialism uhuru All right, all right, all right. Now, what you say, Profi? I said, that's that piece. Yeah, that was dope. That was tough. That was tough. It said, Black is back. I really liked, um, I really liked the revolution will not be televised, but the revolution is live. I like that. And lit. <laughs> and lit, and lit. Yes. Yeah, doing that, uh-huh. So, so, Profi, so what are some ways that you've seen poetry working toward revolution and African liberation? It brings about knowledge. Well, poets are the, um, they're the voice. They're the voice of the street. They're the voice of the people. And it's what people are going through every day that they can't voice because they're so busy trying to uh, take it all in, make it happen for themselves and feed clothes and home their own family. So when they hear poetry that speaks to the need of the people, that brings them out, It'll, it makes them aware. And when they can find somewhere they can express it, like the Hura movement or in Pidam, that that's like home. That makes it home to them. People like to associate with what they live, what they're living. Right, right. That's real. That's real. And in poetry, it really kind of like, you know, articulates how these people are living. You know, it conveys that message to everybody. That's real. Right. So it's the first you know, that they they don't know of. They hadn't thought of it. They're just exactly. living it. Exactly. And y'all put these experiences into words. That's powerful. So, so tell us about the uh, the Musa Bantu open mics. Who is Musa? Musa Abantu is a is a comrade that came into the uh movement at the age of 19. This young man loved arts you know music poetry painting uh, uh he just loved the arts he was an a soul that saw the future that people two decades older than him won't open their eyes to realize musa was as they call it, old soul he was like created to be here at that time but unfortunately Unfortunately, Musa left us at an early age and the, the Musa Abantu poetry is our way of uplifting Musa. And, and because he was such a young person, we want to dedicate this to him to bring in the people that really don't know the young people, the understanding, because there are some young people out there that know. I got, I got seasons on me. My grandson is was Moose's age, so to bring that type of awareness through him, his his struggle is is real. And long live Musa Abantu. Every day we do poetry. Right on, right on, right on. Long live Musa. So how did the um how the open mics get started? Um, well, the Black Power Blueprint started the open mics went before the pandemic. And at that point, 
it was great. It was going great because it, it brought awareness to Musa and to the Black Power Blueprint, which part of the Uhuru movement. Um, when the pandemic hit and we had to go online, it was uh, Comrade Dexter that said, hey, let's do this online, quarantine poetry. And after quarantine poetry uh, hit, hit the airways, we decided to uh, bring it back down on the ground what, to Legacy Books and Cafe in St. Louis. And it's be, in honor of Musa, the, the, the Uhuru movement wants all of the, um, you know, everything, we are united, comrades. Everything that speaks of poetry must speak of uh, Musa. And the Musa Bantu is live here on the ground and it'll be moving back online in the next coming months. But it's going to be a big event as part of the um, One Africa, uh, the uh, One Africa One Nation Marketplace in September. That is a part of the Impedum Convention. We have poets that are are part of the that was part of the Musa Bantu uh, event that will be performing at the convention. Oh no! At during the convention time, at the uh, on the stage, on September fourth, at the uh, Impedum Convention. Uhuru, uhuru. Now, Fofi. Yeah. Uh, the open mics are more than just cultural events; they are an organizing tool as well. Uh, how do you use it as a form of community outreach? We ask poets to come and speak. Their, their, what their life is about. And in during the time of the event, the, the open mic, we educate the audience and the listening people to the Uhuru movement, to Impedam, to uh, how we liberate people. And we show how their poetry is about hardship and it is not their problem. It is not their fault. It is because we colonialize it. You know, we don't, we may not have the answer for their issue at that point, but if we work together, we come together, we will overcome this. That colonialism is the main issue that we're all feeling the pain and the hurt from. And a lot of the poetry is about different issues that they're dealing with as colonized people. They learn the fact that through their poetry and through our poetry and through the education that we lay upon them during that open mic event, that they too can become an instrument of freedom by using their poetry, their words, their spears. This is their spear, their swords, their bullets, words of bullets to educate other people to educate other people to the fact that we're colonialized but you know what we don't have to stay that way because there's a way out we get together and we make it happen you are listening to the people's world radio show produced by wbpu black power 96.3 fm in st petersburg florida today we are discussing the role of 
poetry and the African Revolution with culture workers Fofi Kabalon, Janelle Owens, Valerie V. Queen Young, and Jijo. Fofi, one poll that you brought in a political organization was Valerie V. Queen Young. Let's hear some poetry from V. Queen straight out of St. Louis. So once again, my name is V Queen and the title of this particular poem is called Black Power. Melanated brothers and sisters, don't just buy black, buy black power. Give me my roses while I'm here. With that being said, let's be empowered. Fist up, fight back. Fist up, fight back. Black lives matter or black power matter. You decide. No gray area. A side must be picked. If not, our worlds will collide. Educate yourself. Know your history. Black Lives Matter wants to dismantle to the nuclear family. Black Power wants to keep the household intact, definitely. Don't be a victim. Be a victor. Let's not play the blame game. Don't associate being a victim with your identity. It's clearly not the same. Zora Neera Hurston once said, all skin folk ain't kin folk, meaning you can't inhabit a black body and be an agent of white supremacy. Such irony is not a joke. Black Lives Matter create the image or the idea that justice will be done. In the end, it would be just us left standing holding a bag without just us. The elites would have won. Black Lives Matter will not matter until Black power matters. I must understand that there's no guarantee you will come back home. There are wolves in sheep's clothing, ongoing battle. Supporting those in our community, together we can make an impact. Black lives won't matter until Black power matters in the melanated, melanated community, let's enact. Black power matters, must matter to Black people. It's the personal movement. Black Lives Matter is retroactive. All talk, less action. Black power is proactive, action-oriented, massive improvement. Black Lives Matter is more political, a camouflage to suppress those who are colonialized. Black power mobs the, the desire to educate, enlighten, and take action. Y'all, we're going to organize and antagonize. That's that piece. Okay, okay, uh -huh. Queen, I was feeling that. I was feeling that. So what inspired that piece? What state of mind were you in when you wrote that, comrade? Yes, comrade. Uh, the piece is basically about how I look out into society and um, over time I've seen Black Lives Matter and it came from, from what I perceived. You know, every time someone is slain in the streets, someone just came up with, okay, let's organize something called Black Lives Matter. But I don't think people understood how big the movement was. In essence, there's nothing wrong with having a Black Lives Matter, but we must understand the root of why. So, and then we have to think about knowledge is power. What are we going to do with this power that we have when we organize? Right on. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, we know our lives matter, right? We're aware that our lives matter, but we know until we have power, it's not going to matter that our lives matter. We're not going to be able to defend ourselves. That's right. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, comrade. Oh, 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 that was Valerie B. Queen Young coming straight out of St. Louis. Next up, we have Janelle Owens. Janelle is a poet, 
and Impedum organizer from Spanish Town, Jamaica. Let's hear a couple pieces from Janelle. Janelle, how are you doing? Uhuru, I'm doing well. Can you uhuru, hear me? Uhuru, uhuru, we can hear you, we can hear you. So Janelle, what are you going to deliver for us today? As of right now, this piece is untitled. Let's hear it. Okay. The earth quaked and crumbled beneath the feet of our ancestors in Haiti. Once on August 14, 1791, again this year too. The first time the people shook the earth. This time the earth shook you. It must be a sign from God or the imperialists of the world we're in. But days later on Garvey's birthday, he came back to us in a whirlwind, in a heavy tropical storm, cleansing the dirt and crumble, urging the revolutionary lips to no longer purse and mumble. The roads we've been have got no use. The ancestors have exposed the roots. The tree will never bear us fruits until we come to face the truth that this is a very rotten tree and the colonizer's dirty knee will never ever set us free before the vision Garvey did foresee. False nations will wash away and there will come a time one day when Africa stands strong again. It's up to us to decide when. Uhuru. Uhuru, uhuru, wow, wow, that was, that was, that was amazing. And it must be recent since you mentioned Garvey's birthday and the recent earthquake in Haiti. So uh, what's your, uh, what's the impetus behind this? Can you explain it for us? Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely inspired by the natural events that were occurring around those two historical um, dates. And it just reminded me that as members of the Uhuru movement, we have advanced and become materialists. So we understand that while other people might say things like, oh, it must be a sign from God and like even nature is racist. Um, the reality is that we have no reason to believe that nature is conspiring against us as colonized people because we are the ones who are the writers of our own fate and our actions write the history books of the future. So it's up to us to decide when we'll be free. And that's something that's in our hands. It's not in the hands of some mystical force. It's not in the hands of anyone else but ourselves. And that is self-determination, which we will get, which we will get. So that was Janelle Owens from Spanish Town, Jamaica. Lastly, we have Gijo. Gijo is a poet, educator, and cultural curator currently based in Boston, Massachusetts. How you doing, Deja? Blessed, how are you? Good, 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 can't complain. So we hear you have bars as well. You think you'd be able to share a little something with us today? Sure. Um, I invite you to get into a comfortable position. Um, I invite you to also close your eyes if you must um, and just uh, listen. Sometimes if we don't know the words we hum, sometimes if we 
don't know the words we hung. Sometimes if we don't know the words we my coca come tell me that my cousin just passed she tells me that my cousin just drowned she tells me that i cannot tell his mother my auntie tells me that because she is pregnant they are scared for what may happen to the baby but see morning come and nighttime go and my coca is getting dressed for the funeral she tells me that I cannot come, tells me that I must stay to console my auntie. And I look at her with confusion and ask her why a mother isn't attending her own child's funeral. And she looks at me and she says, in our culture, a pregnant mother isn't allowed to attend a funeral. And because I overthink, I began to think about when we are pregnant with dreams, how we must be very protected to the seed that has been birthed within us how we must be very protective to the seed that has been birthed within us. Sometimes if we don't know the words we hum, sometimes if we don't know the words we hum, sometimes if we don't know the words we Are you an interrupt? Are you at rage? Are you at peace? Are you in love? Are you here? Are you grounded? Are you protective? Are you open? Are you here? Are you dancing? Are you moving? Who are you uninterrupted? Are you seeing? Are you at rage? Are you at war? Are you angry? Are you happy, honey? Are you at joy? Who are you uninterrupted? 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 Uninterrupted, uninterrupted. When is the last time you played? See, I played in fire once, watched my mother yell, do it again. As they say, when you were uh, get burnt for the first time, I play pretend often. I used to play uh, in the grass in the summer, hoping, to get uh, the recipe of being born and being reborn with good soil. Who are you uninterrupted? I played with my sister last month and we laughed and danced till the sun came up. We whispered like little girls and talked about boys and food and dreams and being free and things that girls say in secret. I played small once, watched myself shrink into the size of a mustard seed and convinced myself it was faith. Watched me crumble to the feet, watch me crumble to fit the comfort of others and make it hard to move comfortably. Who are you uninterrupted? Who are you uninterrupted? Who are you uninterrupted? Who are you uninterrupted? Sometimes when we don't know the words we hung, sometimes when we don't know the words we hung. Are you at rage? Are you at war? Are you happy? Are you at peace? 
Are you dancing? Are you moving? Are you still? Are you yelling? Are you singing? Or are you humming? Who are you uninterrupted? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that really resonated. Um, you know, I like that connection between being pregnant and, and, and having to protect that child and then having a dream that you also have to protect from like the different forces that may want to hurt that dream and, and prevent that dream from being fulfilled. That was real. That was real to me. And, you know, just regarding that second, that second part, um, I'll ask you, uh, who are you uninterrupted? Oh, wow. That's a beautiful question, Dexter. Um, I am still, I'm at stillness. I am resting. I am in love. And I'm, yeah, I'm just at rest. I'm resting and I'm in love. That's what I am uninterrupted. That was Jizu out of Boston. Uhuru, Fofi. Now, we know that the Impedum Convention is coming up. September 3rd through 5th in St. Louis, as well as going to be virtual as well. People can people will be able to catch it live and in person if they live in the St. Louis area, as well as on Zoom, YouTube, and Facebook. And I know that culture will take center stage at the convention, literally. On Saturday, September 4th, you all will be hosting an open air, One Africa, One Nation, Farmer's Market. That will include a fashion show, music, and spoken word poetry. Now, Fofi, you are an organizer of that convention as well. What can you tell us about the convention? Well, comrade, the convention is going to be off the chain. Uh, besides, you just talked about the um, fashion show, the the vending, and the um, the shopping. But what I want to tell you is that St. Louis, uh, this, this market is a USDA funded black farmers market featured, featuring vendors throughout St. Louis area. And, and the community is loving this. They are coming, they are vending, they are buying, they are selling because uh, we're, we're providing a place for people to become owners of their own business and they sell to each other, but they, they is it's exciting to see how people in the community just maybe didn't know each other before they say, Oh, you're the one that sell those cute little dresses. Oh, you're the one I came back last month and I got some vegetables from you and they were really good. And I'm back again. It gives the fam. It gives the community of family and resources. It is such a beautiful area. Just to see that African flag hanging, it draws the attention and people know we are there for them. Uhuru, uhuru, uhuru. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah, Fofit, I'm really, really looking forward to the convention. You know, last year at the convention, y'all had the Night of Revolutionary Culture. You know, a ton, ton of great poets, musicians, rappers all uh, appeared there. I know that there's DJ Oliver who's going to be spinning live music. So, uh, you know, the turn up is real. The turn up is real. So, you know what? 
Now, I don't want you all to give up too much. However, let's bring back V-Queen, Janelle, and Fofi to uh, deliver us some pieces to take us home with. So, V-Queen, what you got? Uru, the name of my piece is called Revolutionary Times, Revolutionary Solutions. The time is now, not yesterday, but now. Don't question me, especially when I've seen what society continues to allow. Enemy, get your feet off my neck, trying to mask it by providing people with a stimulus check. Allow assassinations of our melanated youth in broad daylight. Riddled with bullets, justify their own plight. Stimulus, excuse me, stigmas, revolutionary, innovative, radical. Remember Bunchy Carter? How about Bobby Hood? Black Power, Black Panthers, gunned down by white cops, still not forgotten. Is this radical? Is this colonialism or capitalism? You decide. The time is now. Speak now or forever hold your peace, or you can just hide. Fist up, fight back, outreach, connect with the people of the community. One voice, one sound, bringing us towards unity. Chairman Yesatella, voice of the people. Uhuru, what a powerful movement. Influence of revolutionary soldiers, bringing awareness and knowledge, such a vast improvement. Revolutionary times, the time is now. Let's make a difference. Educating ourselves with political education, your choice to embrace or your preference. Start elevating and educating in the home. Rid yourself of societal pollution. Let's take a stand, work together in our homes and communities. Now that is revolutionary times and revolutionary solutions. That's that piece. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Revolutionary times. Revolutionary solutions. Come on, y'all. Revolutionary times. Revolutionary solutions. That's great. That's great. That's great. Now, Janelle, what you got for us? So this one is called Names Are Also Prayers. Black woman of African descent, where have you descended to? Afro-Brit, Afro-Swede, African-American, stuck picking weeds, Afro-Jamaican, Afro-Latina, Afro-Korean in Olympic arenas, running and running from where you descend, to land in a colony our enemies defend. How many times was this land cursed by our tortured ancestors hoping for the worst, hoping the plantation would go up in flames? After all these years, you've changed your name to include a land, a realm of scorched earth, still tending to the nation that did not give you birth. Black woman of African descent, where have you descended to come back from where you went pick up the hammer and sickle the machete and the torch carry on the tradition without any remorse demystify your name to call on those before who bore the brunt of the battle we shall descend no more oh 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 man that was that that was uh that was uh Spit with all the fierceness and the spirit of Queen Nanny, mm-hmm. Tacky, 
all of the, you know, um, uh, uh, revolutionaries up out of Jamaica and all of the ancestors, you, you brought it, you brought it with that one. So, Fofi, what you got? Uhuru, this is liberation. Trapped in the colonial cesspool up to my neck and I can't breathe. Black Lives Matter is bull to my ears. It never stopped black bodies from dying and I have no toilet paper. I'm, I'm suspended in sticky drainage that spit in my face at every turn. The closer I get to getting out, a foot pushes me back in leaving marks on my chin. They don't want me to see the truth. I have the square root of their lies, constantly surrounding me, bounding me, blinding me, at every turn as my flesh burns to be free. My Uhura movement opened my eyes and I can see who I am. I am a African sick and tired of being, tired of being sick. Revolution is the only solution for this madness I speak of. Some people call it depression, I call it colonial, a colonial lesson and I'm dropping out of class. My peace of mind has been strategically raped and pillaged along with Mother Africa, and I want my reparation. Some say I'm in a depression. I call it colonialism, a system built to keep me down so I can so it can stay up. I'm diagnosed by the maker of the pill that causes the problem that makes me sick. It's one of their tricks trapped in a colonial cesspool up to my neck, choking my existence, but I will fight back. And I will fight back until we win. African revolution, in, re, African liberation in my lifetime. Uhuru. Uhuru, 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 uhuru. Thanks for that, thanks for that. Right, right, right. But yeah, I really want to thank all the contributions from, from all the artists today. I think it really, really just, uh, emphasizes how how powerful uh, poetry is as a weapon um, in a struggle for liberation. I think Fofi said it earlier. Um, knives and 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 guns and and hammers. I mean, that's how how effective these words uh, can be. So I really want to appreciate everybody for for spitting a little something on the mic tonight. And you know, moving forward, uh, I know that most of you are going to be performing at the uh, Impedum Convention on Zoom, uh, YouTube, and and Facebook. But um, so V Queen. Where can, yeah. people, where can people find your work? Where can people find your work? What you got coming up? Uh, I have a haiku Midwest open mic. We have those every Friday, and that's held at Legacy Bookstore in St. Louis. Also, uh, you can find me on Instagram, V Queen. That's V Victor Quebec Uniform 33N, V Queen. And on Facebook, all you got to do is uh, search V Queen Poetry. Uhuru. Okay, V Queen Poetry. Thank you. Thank you. So Janelle, same question to you. You know, what you got coming up and where can people find you and your work? Uhuru. So if anyone wants to find my work, they can find it at underscore Yasante, which is Y-A-A-S-A-N-T-E underscore on Instagram. Um, that's where I post most of my poetry every month. And that's where I see a lot of your work. So I can personally attest to uh, the dopeness that is your Instagram. So everybody make sure you give her a follow. Um, finally, uh, well, no, not finally. Uh, Fofi, what do you have lined up? Where can people find your work? 
a homecoming as uh actually my work is not online but i will be dropping a um uh, short i mean a uh maybe a 20 page book come january be looking for that um yeah just be looking for that and you can always catch me uh with the musa bantu event once a month it's the last sunday of the month it will not be in uh august but we will be back in september the last sunday of the month but we'll be virtual uhuru all right uhuru. we'll be looking forward to that and um and Gijo, so what do you have coming up and your work if you'll find your work Sure. Um, I'm currently collecting a whole lot of folk tales and griots, uh, folk, folklore and griots, um, particularly in the West Africa. Um, so you could check out my work at gjaw.com. Um, that's where I post a lot of the things that I'm doing and a couple of events that's coming up. But most importantly, there's a Black Cotton Club that's coming up this weekend um, and also in October. But you could follow me on gjaw. Azaglo, D-Z-I-D-Z-O-R-A-Z-A-G-L-O on all social media platforms. All right, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have been listening to the People's War Radio Show. Today, we discuss poetry and the African Revolution with African cultural workers, Fofita Kebulon, Janelle Owens, Valerie V. Queen Young, and Gijor. Our theme song, Colonial Virus, was written and performed by Elike and Goldman. Thanks to the People's War Radio Show's production, research, and promotions team, including Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and Ahipsa Ponder. So we say down with the colonial virus. Down with the colonial virus. This has been the People's War Radio Show. Produced by WPU Black Power Radio at 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. WBPU is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund. The baddest nonprofit on the planet. Whose mission is to defend the human and civil rights of the African community. And address the grave disparities faced by African people in education, health care, and economic development. For more information on the African People's Education and Defense Fund, visit apedf.org. Episodes of the People's War Radio Show are available on the Black Power Talks podcast. For updates and resources to fight the coronavirus or to volunteer with Project Black Onk, visit developmentforafrica.org. Thank you for listening. Colonial virus, mass incarceration, that's colonial virus.